the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue. Here is your host, Dominic Catronio. Oh, that was worth it to stay up for, right? 11-2, the Brewers thump the Padres. They've guaranteed at least a split. They have done their half of the bargain in this four-game series with the Pods. Freddie Peralta gets the ball tomorrow on Jackie Robinson Day. So a chance to win the series against San Diego tomorrow and then get greedy on Sunday. we got to talk about some news in this one. We're also going to talk about Roddy Telez and the offense as a whole. want to welcome in Jeff Cirillo, my co-host here this evening. Jeff, I mean... I look at this offense, I see multiple hits up and down the order. Uh, I see a great start from Eric Lauer. I see Bryce Wilson saving the bullpen, which I think is kind of an underrated aspect of this game. I see 15 hits. But the number one stat I love most from this game is four strikeouts. Only four strikeouts tonight for the Brewers offense and five walks. This is the team that they are. Bat to ball, putting the ball in play. And more times than not, good things happen when, when you're putting back the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, you look at it last night. And even last night, I just went back in the box score from yesterday because I was like, you know, I think that they were one-to-one. I remember just playing, like, the, the greatest compliment anyone could ever give you. And granted, today the velocity is better and there's and more the emphasis on strikeouts. But I, when you could go one-to-one or, or one walk for every – 10 at-bats or one strikeout for every 10 at-bats. That was a pretty pretty great, great year, and that's what I was always striving for. And you look at this Brewers offense, it's just it's it's amazing how many hits. It's just, I mean, to be able, when you don't strike out, it, it, it shows how well they are with runners in scoring position, right? It just tracks that they're able to track balls, hit balls in the middle of the field, get runners in scoring position, pick up two out knocks, and just put the ball in play. And tonight, the Brewers with runners in scoring position, it may not sound like a lot. They were 5 for 15, which is 333 batting average, obviously. But I love the sound of 15 at-bats with runners in scoring position. This is an example of you just keep chipping away, you keep chipping away, good things happen. The train of doubles in tonight's game. Brian Anderson having two doubles, Miller, Brasso, Yelich adding doubles as well. It's just another case of proof. Like This team doesn't need home runs to win games. Obviously, they got three of them tonight. But I think they're going to win more games like this tonight. You know, you take out the home runs, and they would have been A-OK, where they just continue to be relentless and tough at bats over and over and over again. That's how this team is built, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you watch like even, even the first two batters of the game, right, Yelich, I mean, he goes, he goes, gets a hit right at the spot. And then you have Adamas, who gets rewarded for actually using the middle of the field. And again, hitting the ball to right center changes places with him. And now you got a guy on second base, and you've already won one game. You're already coming in hot. So the Brewers, I mean, just it's, it's amazing how it's hard, it's hard to um, undervalue them because I think they always get underrated when the season starts. But boy, when we start penciling out and you just look at the early goings, like it's a pretty darn complete team. And there's not too many holes, with, especially when the rookies are filling their spots and veterans are stepping up. There's not too many holes right now. And, and let's get to the news here in just a moment that we learned pregame. Because uh, before we do that, I do want to make sure we give a quick shout-out to Eric Lauer. We can break him down a little bit deeper later on here in the program. But Eric Lauer, did he have his best stuff tonight? No, probably not, and he would probably say the same thing. But this is one of those professional starts, in my opinion, from Eric Lauer. A quality start, nonetheless. But another guy that 
doesn't need the strikeouts to get you out. You see uncomfortable swings. You see off-time swings. You see odd swings and misses on pitches that you would think are easy to hit. Eric Lauer is that kind of guy, and for him to bounce back after getting kind of knocked around by the Cardinals against arguably a better lineup in what the Padres are rolling out there, I thought that was great stuff from Eric tonight. What did you like from his start? Well, I, the one thing about Eric Lauer that's, that's really good is that he has a fastball that's a little bit sneaky up in the zone. He gets a lot of foul balls, gets a lot of miss hits, and he's just wild enough to be effective, right? You're not going to get a real deep game from him but he he tends to make the pitches when he has to you know it was always good to beat beat the team that you you know you love the the people that, that were over there that brought you up but at the same time you always have a little bit added in, incentive of going back to san diego and uh, and getting a win so in the brewers offense obviously got to off to a good start and that was his first time back at petco park as a pitcher, you know, normally he'd always his spot would always miss in the rotation whenever the Brewers would go to San Diego. So that was his first time pitching against San Diego in San Diego. And kudos to him for getting the win and blocking all that out. But there was news before the game. We do have to talk about it here in this first segment. Brandon Woodruff, uh, we learned that he underwent an MRI on Wednesday in Arizona. And Woodruff remains shut down until doctors can determine how to best proceed. Uh, there's a lot of panic, obviously, when you hear MRI and shut down. Uh, I'm going to reserve judgment until we actually have a prognosis and understanding what a plan could be for Brandon Woodruff. Uh, the glass half full is, hey, it's it's early April, you are able to absorb this early in the season, the glass half empties like, oh no, if this is serious, this is this is really, really bad. But I think the Brewers are in a decent spot to pick up the slack. Not a great spot. I mean, no one can handle losing an ace. Nobody. Not a single team. I don't care what you say about it. This is a massive blow if he has to miss extended time. I just want to kind of take a deep breath and say, let's you know, wait until something actually happens before we overreact to this news. I think I'm on the right track. No, you know, it's one of those ones. It's a cautionary tale. I mean, they're down in Arizona. They have a lot of their athletic people there and, and their development people. And so, I mean, if there's a better, better place to, I guess, get an evaluation, it would be Arizona. And look, I think it might be shut down. And I mean, especially with today's pitching and how protective you are, you know, it, it's, I think it's going to be a time before you see Woodruff back on the mound. If you're going yeah, to get an MRI, you're worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, you know, when you hear the initial, you know, comments from Craig Council were, oh, you know, we we think it's going to be minimum time for him; he'll be fine. To now, MRI waiting doctors to, to make a plan. It's like, wait a minute, we've seen this movie before. So I see where Brewers fans have been snake bitten by this, um, but I encourage everyone, like, let's let's just. There's nothing you can't control. It. I'm a big believer in control. What you can control, just. Wait for the news and lay it on me, and then the Brewers will have to adjust from there. But let's play a hypothetical here before we take our first break. If Brandon Woodruff does have to be shut down for an extended period, uh, extended period of time, who is the guy? I mean, it could be very easily Corbin Burns. Who is the guy that you're going to look to to say, "All right, you know, you now." or might be the most important guy on this team. For me, it's Freddie Peralta, because if he's healthy, he could really fall fall right into that number two spot very easily in this rotation. Oh, I don't think. I, I think they're all, it doesn't matter. You know what the biggest game of the year is, Dom, is the next game, right? Mm-hmm. So the next, the next pitcher is your ace pitcher, whether it be Junk, Colin Ray, Lauer, Peralta, or 
uh, Barnes, right? So uh, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, there's no matter, matter of someone stepping up. It's just a matter of everyone taking their turn in the rotation. And hopefully you're able to find those innings and, and have successful innings with, uh, that Woodruff won't be eating. Let me blow your mind with a stat real quick. Uh, Bryce Wilson has more saves this year than Devin Williams at this point. <laughs> I think that's kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's one of those things. I mean, if you just look at all the lopsided games, but, you know, I, I think you really look at that walks and strikeouts because there's so many times when the Brewers hit the ball and they don't score any runs or the Brewers, you know, hit the ball soft and they and they get a lot of runs. But you look at that walk strikeouts and you can kind of control the line of scrimmage and the one-to-one ratio is such a great ratio to have. So whenever, you know, Brewers fans see like a box score where they draw more, more walks or, or, or have – even with their strikeouts. It's a good night for the offense. Yeah, great night. Brewers went 11-2 to tonight. This is the Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank, a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific right. expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Just getting rolling with you for about another 40 minutes or so tonight. This is Brewers Extra Innings on 620 WTMJ. Brewers win 11-2. I'm Dom Catronio along with Jeff Cirillo. Thanks for making this part of your late night Friday plans. Day games the next two days. 3 o'clock first pitches tomorrow and Sunday. So don't have to stay up late until the Brewers head to Seattle for a Monday, Tuesday late night, then a day game on Wednesday. Want to get to a couple of texts and to the phone lines as well. 855-616-1620 if you're still up with us. Again, 855-616-1620. Josh on this 414 day. You love to see the doubles train keep the line moving. Willie's defense and pitching staff keeping things under control was clutch. Hoping for promising news on Woody and Hauser. I do have an update on Hauser a little bit later on in this show as well. A text from Doug. A week ago I said this team would win 90. Now I'm really believing it. They are beating the big boys and nobody has better pitching. And if Yelich and Telez keep this up, real contenders to go far. It's great to see the veterans, you know, it was a slow first week while the rookies were carrying them. Now we're seeing it flip back in the other direction right now. Before we get to you, Jeff, I want to get to the phone lines. John from Portland out in the Pacific Northwest staying up late with us. John, you are live here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, hey, good to talk to you. I just wanted to you know, shout out Eric Lauer. Unbelievable. That's what we needed. We need those left-handed pitchers, and we need those innings and un- unreal. Um, the other thing is that if you think about the schedule right now, if we can go a little bit over 500 in these next few games on the road, that puts us in perfect position. So that's I, I think that that's what we're rooting for and uh, looking forward to seeing it. Looking forward to it. Thanks for the call there, John. So I'll, I'll let you react to it. Jeff, I mean, you know what it's like when the team's getting hot, when things are feeling good in the clubhouse. You just kind of you want to keep on going to the ballpark. This road trip is – you're only at the halfway point of this road trip right now. So it's not getting any easier with the Padres. you got you Darvish looming on Sunday. The Mariners and Jared Kelnick are swinging the bats well right now. You just can't put the cart against uh, ahead of the horse. How, how does the clubhouse stay grounded and stay, you know, one game at a time when before you look ahead of it and realize, hey, it's April fifteenth. Can't get a get ahead of things. No, no, it's just. It, but it's easy to go to the field right now. You know, they're in San Diego. You got good crowds. You know, and that always draw draws drives the players right. It was energy wise, 
and the, you know they're playing the Padres. You know maybe they feel like they're a little under understated as far as their team goes for the year. And they're going to get good crowds. It's San Diego. It's the weekend. It's a beautiful hotel. It's a beautiful city. And it's very easy to play baseball right now and go to the field. It's a very, very positive outlook right now for this club. And while they go on this long road trip and they're halfway through, they get a long homestand on the back end of this as well when the Red Sox, Tigers, and Angels come to town in which they get two off days at home and then an off day on the back end of that heading to Colorado. So things are looking up for the Brewers right now. While we still got you here, Jeff, I want to get to our difference-making moment of the game, brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management is different, not driven by commission sales and not pushing financial products you may not actually need. For elite, comprehensive financial planning, customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. NXWealth.com. I'm, I'm going to pick one here first, Jeff, that I know you don't have. So my difference-making moment of the game is a very specific difference-making moment of the game. The 3-1 pitch to Nelson Cruz in the fourth inning with runners on first and second and nobody out. And you may be wondering, Dom, it was a 5-0 game. Why are you picking a 3-1 pitch? Because Lauer got it to 3-2 and then had the guts to throw a cutter to Nelson Cruz to strike him out and finally calm the nerves. The fact that they then got the double play on the next batter with Hassan Kim, I thought that 3-1 pitch settled Lauer down, gave him the confidence to double up on that cutter to get Cruz swinging, and then he escapes ultimately in that fourth inning, and that without a shred of a doubt meant the Padres were not going to be able to form another rally against Eric Lauer. That's my difference-making moment of the game. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I just think that the Padres, like you said, even last night with, with Bo Mel not um, questioning the, the call at, at third base, so just like they're a little bit a little sluggish, almost like the Padres were here, we we beat the Dodgers last night, and it's just like they feel like they're going to just going to show up and, and they're going to win. Where the Brewers, for me, I mean, I just I just like there was a couple differences, and one of them actually came last night was with Anderson. Anderson broke kind of a little bit of a snap in his in in a, in a hitting slump, right, the first one of the year, and he got that hit in that last at bat last year, which catapulted him into today. Telez carried it over from yesterday to today. So I think sometimes those hits go unnoticed, like last night. But it was a very big, big hit. It was a very big personality hit for for Anderson. He was kind of in his first 0 for 0 for 12, 0 for 14. I don't know what it was, but any anytime you start getting in the double digits, it starts getting a little uncomfortable for a hitter. So I think those were my differences in the ability for those two to carry it over tonight. It was great stuff. Uh, that's a good call. The difference making moment was actually last night in order to set the stage for tonight. When you when you talk about going into slumps and going into overs. I look at right now, Joey Weimer is learning how hard it is to be a big leaguer right now. His batting average is dipped under 200. He's the only guy without a hit tonight. He did draw a walk as well. He played good defense in center field too. This is a reminder of what development looks like in the big leagues. You are going to struggle. Now it's your turn to make the adjustment. Joey Weimer has seen more breaking balls than anybody in baseball, and he's yet to get a hit on a breaking ball. So now the adjustment will have to come from him in order to prove that he can hit breaking balls. This is just something that is a natural ebb and flow and no reason to overreact to a rookie having a tough six to eight days in the big leagues. This is extremely normal for any rookie, regardless of their prospect status. Well, back in the day, I mean, you know, before scouting ports were just, it was basically eyes in the the sky or eyes in a seat – 
where you're going to test a rookie and see if he can get the velocity. You know, clearly he can get the velocity. He's super twitchy, right? He's got a lot of tools. He can throw. He can run. He's aggressive. So, you know, he's going to be aggressive at the batter's box because that's his, kind of his personality. So he sometimes gets out on that front foot. And so they're, they're testing him because he's having a hard time staying back on breaking balls and really tracking him and putting him in play because he's getting so far out in front. He'll learn, you know, I mean, but he's going to see, see him. And that's the, that's the thing about today is that you have concrete evidence of like, look, here's what the league's doing to you. Here's where they're putting the pitch, and this is what you're batting against it. So my guess is that you're probably going to get a lot of these. Lastly, on a brighter note with you, Jeff, here, I mean, Rowdy Telez, when he gets hot, I mean, he, he gets like surface of the sun hot. How do, how do you bottle this up a little bit for him? Because to hit the, the two homers he hit tonight in that marine layer on a chilly night in San Diego, and now, you know, three homers the last two days, he's got four homers on this road trip now. Man, like, you know, save some for the rest of the season, right? It's good to see you get going, like, Sometimes the ball looks like a beach ball and things feel good, but how do you make sure you keep this to be a little more sustainable for him? Uh, that's a great thing about being a power hitter. Although I was never a power hitter, power hitters, they come in, they always, I always talk to them like Greg Vaughn or John Jaha or any of the great Jeremy Burnett's. It's like they come in bunches and they, they really do, you know, for whatever it is, they're just trying to throw breaking balls into him and, and he's just lagging them and, and just staying back on the ball. I mean, I've always been a huge Rod Telez fan. I think that he's got great instincts. I think that he's got some leadership I mean, some of the stuff that he does instinctively, you just don't see from such a big man. So I think that he's a force in the middle of the order. And I think that it was only a matter of time before he got hot. The Brewers are in great shape for tomorrow. Freddie Peralta will go for the series win in a four game series against the Padres, you know, a, a hot pick for, the preseason stuff for a World Series. I mean, look, they're going to figure things out. They're not even at full strength yet. Going up against the righty Seth Lugo, who's off to a solid start this season for the Padres. And uh, we'll have coverage. We'll have Brewers warm-up coverage for you tomorrow, actually, as well. First pitch is at 3.05 for Brewers uh, and Padres. Jeff Cirillo, thanks, as always, for staying up late with us. You get the weekend off. We'll holler at you when the Mariners are the opponent. You know a thing or two about Seattle. We'll talk to you on Monday, my friend. All right. Have a good night. See you guys. All right. Jeff Cirillo joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. We're going to talk about who's hot and cold coming up next. Brewers get the win 11-2 tonight. This is 620 WTMJ, home of the Brewers. We're with you for another half hour or so tonight on this Friday night, now Saturday night here in Wisconsin. Uh, I want to talk about who's hot and who's cold. Brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for home and and business comfort needs. And that includes an emergency service line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider.com. I'm going to start with who's cold, and it's the San Diego Padres. All right, I'm not even going to go with somebody on the Brewers. We already talked about Weimer in the last segment. Look, the Padres, they got some stuff to figure out right now, and I know they're not at full strength, so I'm not going to you know, totally bash on them right now, but their bullpen has a lot of question marks right now. Robert Suarez is hurt, to be fair to them, so he's not back yet. On the starting staff, that obviously impacts the bullpen because when Joe Musgrove returns uh, and then – once they get out of this six-man rotation and they put Nick Martinez back into the bullpen, that will help them out as well. But they got to figure some things out with the pitching. And their offense, I mean, the Brewers continue to hold the big ones in check. You know, Xander Bogarts 
only getting one hit tonight. Uh, Manny Machado's been held in check as well. Juan Soto with the big strikeout last night. He did not get a hit tonight either, so really good stuff from the Brewers. Now, as for who's hot, I'm going to give you a really good number here. So, Willie Adamas, he's got two hits tonight, two walks as well, and three runs scored. Willie Adamas now has, in the month of April, to start this season, 11 strikeouts and 11 walks. We're starting to see some trends form for the Brewers. And a patient Willie Adamas, I think, is going to be a massive X factor moving into this season. Because we've always said, hey, you know, you kind of live with the strikeouts. And Craig Council has said in manager sessions before, hey, you know, if a guy strikes out a lot, there's a level of production that you live with to say that's okay. And Willie spent all offseason talking about the fact that he was disappointed in his season last year. In a season that he set a franchise record for home runs as a shortstop, right? So the fact that he feels my on-base should be better than that, my batting average should be better than that, and he is making actual improvements toward that sort of thing right now, and you can see that quantitatively as things move. I mean, league average for strikeout rate is about 23%, and he's at 21% right now. Previously, he's been near 30% for his strikeout rate. So the fact that if Willie is going to trend into a league average strikeout guy, I think that's a massive you know, signal across the league saying Willie's being more patient. He's not going to be a free swinger all the time. He's got help in this lineup too. That is a great sign moving forward. He's my pick for who's hot right now, drawing two more walks tonight. Now has equal 11 walks, 11 strikeouts. He's going to play every day. Now, because I point this out, he might get a couple of strikeouts tomorrow, and you're going to come blame me. Don't you dare do that. But what we're trying to say is he is doing something different. He's off to the best start for the first month of the season in his career. He is normally a slow starter. He normally gets things going in the warmer months in, like, July. I love what I'm seeing right now from Willie Damas. Oh, by the way, the great plays he made defensively tonight as well. A couple of sliding stops in the first inning. That's my pick for who's hot and who's cold after this 11-2 victory tonight. Brewers over the Padres. They have won the first two games. They are now two and excuse me three and two on the uh, road trip right now. Trying to, you know, if you get a split here with the Padres. You're really going in with confidence against the Mariners. But now, you know, try to steal a win tomorrow. See what you can do with Freddie Peralta. Let's talk a little bit more about tomorrow and about the rest of the league coming up next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers win. They are the first team in the National League to 10 victories on the young season. They're now 10-4. and four. The Padres fall to 7-8. and eight. Elsewhere in baseball, the big story today was the Tampa Bay Rays. It's over. 13-1. and They finally lose their first game of the season to the Blue Jays. 6-3 to the final there. So they now join the modern era record held by the 1982 Braves and, of course, the 1987 Brewers for the best starts in Major League Baseball history. Again, the modern era goes to 1901. You may have heard about the record held by the St. Louis Maroons from 1884 when they went 20-0 to start the year. But it was 1884. Obviously, not exactly uh, modern rules of baseball played at that time. A a crazy final out in Oakland. The Mets beat the A's 17-6, and they drew 18 walks in that game, third most ever in a game since 1901 against 
the Oakland Athletics. The Cardinals shut out the Pirates 3 to nothing. The Cubs and Cody Bellinger returning to Dodger Stadium for the first time as a visitor. The Cubs beat up on the Dodgers 8-2. to The Dodgers are just 500 to start the season at 7-7. Seven and seven. The next opponent for the Brewers, the Mariners, Monday through Wednesday. They beat the Rockies tonight 5-3. to And Jared Kelnick, the Kenosha kid, hit a home run in his fourth consecutive game in that one. So something to keep an eye out for next week. Red Sox beat the Angels in the Mike Trout Shohei Otani show. It is a marathon weekend out in Boston. They're rocking the yellow jerseys and the 617 patch on the side for Boston. I'm sure Sal Freelick, a big fan of those. you got to check out the Boston College jerseys as well. they got some great ones uh, for a marathon weekend as well out there in Boston. But that was the final 5-3 Red Sox over the Angels. How about some good news on the farm as well before we hear from Craig Council here in just a little bit and highlights a little bit later as well. Jackson Churio, a three-run homer tonight down in double-A with the Biloxi Shuckers, his third home run of the season. Great night for him. They were up against the Pensacola Jumbo Shrimp, or excuse me, not the Jumbo Shrimp, but rather the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. The Jumbo Shrimps are AAA affiliate. But they went 7-1, to does Biloxi. Tyler Black also had a double in this one. Chorio was his only hit of the game. He's off to a slow start in AA, facing older pitching for the first time. And remember, he's only 19 years old. He was also facing Yuri Perez, the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. Yuri Perez had seven strikeouts and allowed that home run as well to Jackson Churio. A couple of 19-year-olds going at it there in double-A. Great stuff for the Biloxi Shuckers. So they win 7-1. to one. Let's hear from the manager, Craig Council, after this break. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. With you for another 20-ish minutes, a little less than that really, here on 620 WTMJ. Brewers win 11-2 tonight. The skipper continues to have a really fun ball club. Again, first team in the NL to 10 victories. Let's hear from the man himself, Craig Council. Yeah, I mean that. Um, I mean that, when you get a bunch of runs for for your starter, that always makes his job easier, um, and it, it you know lessens pressure pitches, obviously. And um, you know, I thought Eric was was good tonight. I thought you know his, I thought his cutter was really good tonight, um, and that um, you know was kind of the equalizer as far as like just slowing him down and and. Um, and so he, he did. He did well. I mean, he scattered some balls at times, and then he made some. Also, made some really good pitches. What'd you like about just that early approach against Waka and, and jumping on mistakes? Yeah, we, we just we just did a nice job, and we had good at bat, great at bats in that first inning. Um, you know, a bunch of just hard hit balls and um, hit some balls in the gaps, and um, it led to a big number in the first inning, and, and kind of took it from there. Kind of differences Rowdy make when he's locked in like he is right now. Yeah, well, he's a he's he's a player that can hit home runs, and so when he when he's locked in, it's going to be homers, you know. And um, that those are those are quick runs on the board. And he you know he put he put three on the board with one swing and it's two with the other. So is that right? Well, was a solo. solo. I'm sorry, solo shot. But you know, you put three on the board with one swing, and that's a you know that that put the game out of reach a little bit. Do you think of him as a streaky guy, a guy where, you know... Everybody's a streaky guy. You know, <laughs> everybody in this game is, is, is a streaky guy. There's too much, too many games. 
to not be. Yeah. But for yeah. power guys, especially those power, the power so often comes in bunches. Yeah, and that's but that's you know that's what power does. I mean, power you know changes games and it wins games on its own. And um, so a game like tonight where we drives in a whole bunch of runs, um, uh, that, that's a that's a huge difference in your night. Anything specific to two former Padres pitchers coming in here and shutting down their old team? No, I don't think so. I mean, we're, we're, we did a good job pitching tonight. We got everybody else a day off in the bullpen, and Bryce, Bryce finishing the game um, is really valuable. Um, just to, to cover those three innings is really valuable for us. So, um, you know, that's good. Two saves for him. Is Devin in trouble? Is it, you know, looking well, I hope so. I mean, I, I hope we have a lot of games <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he is, yeah. <laughs> Craig, what's been the difference with Luke's at bats on this trip? Um, no, I mean Luke. I mean before this before this trip, he didn't have any at bats. Um, so he, we're just it's been good. We've been you know I feel like we've gotten we've gotten Mike some good at quality at bats, um, and he's continued to produce. We've got Luke a bunch of at bats, um, you know, and tonight we were able to get on some at bats. So it's it's good getting everybody kind of in the mix, uh, especially when you point to Luke and and Brass. Um, you know, we're just—we've gotten them into the season. I feel like, and and they—they've produced and they've helped uh, helped us win games. How impressive was Luke's uh, run from first to home? Well, you know what, you know, you know. All kidding aside, like he made a great slide. Yeah, he did. And um, you know, we we underestimate that, but that slide at the plate—we've seen that foot pop up so many times, and his foot kept down, and that's why he was safe. Um, so. He, he was he slowing down? Absolutely, he was slowing down. But he made a great slide, and that's why he was safe. I mean, look, he hit 25 feet for a second on that sprint around the bases, though, Craig. He was moving it, his third fastest sprint speed of the season. Uh, some smack talk from the reporters in the locker room right now. Todd Rosiak tweeting a video, uh, and Adam McCalvey here as well, saying, asking Rowdy Telez who would win in a race Rowdy or Luke, and Rowdy says it would be himself. They will do it, but no cameras are allowed. So, and, and, the, and the sprint speed stuff, if you want to look at StatCast, Rowdy is faster. And Luke has been losing a step or two the last couple of seasons. In fact, that was one of his fastest sprints since 2021. So, uh, I, I think Rowdy's got him beat there. Remember, Rowdy did, you know, Luke has stolen a base this year, yes, but Rowdy's stolen base last year was a need for speed, a no-throw, as he would say. So, uh Brewers certainly have a type at first base, don't they? It's pretty fun. Uh, it's always easier and more fun when you're winning and things are rolling along as they're supposed to and as you expected them to. There is a little bit of adversity right now with this team with the injuries. If you missed it earlier, Brandon Woodruff, they're awaiting doctors to convene on a plan after an MRI that he underwent on Wednesday in Arizona. So it sounds like they have the MRI results. They're just trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, he's shut down completely until they decide what to do. Maybe this is a couple days. Maybe this is a, a longer stretch than that. Who knows? But let's let the things play out. Another update, though, from the farm. Didn't mention this earlier. Adrian Hauser making his rehab appearance, his first down in AAA Nashville. Two innings, two hits, two walks, and two strikeouts. Scoreless, throwing 30 pitches. He will be stretched out longer. What remains to be seen now with everything happening, do you try to stretch him out into a starter again, 
Or do you put Bryce Wilson, since he's already been stretched out a couple of times this season, do you make him your stretched out guy? Do you keep Colin Ray up a little bit longer since you've already optioned Jansen Junk? There's a lot of different directions you can go. With the upcoming schedule right now, you look at Freddie Peralta getting the start on Saturday, Wade Miley getting the start on Sunday, which would set up Corbin Burns on Monday, and then there's that blank spot on Tuesday. You would imagine it would go to Colin Ray, unless they want to give everybody another day and things of that nature. Uh, Do you bring Jansen Junk back up for that? He has to spend five days down in the minors, though, before he comes back, unless it's an injury and a guy going on the injured list. So there's a lot of caveats to this right now. I could see Colin Ray getting the start Tuesday, which would mean you're right back on track for Lauer on Wednesday, unless they push him to after the off day next Thursday, and then you got everybody back on normal rest coming up against the Red Sox next weekend. So these are the kind of things that are being thought, figured out and all hinge on what happens with Brandon Woodruff. Anyway, let's get some positive vibes going. We're going to hear the highlights coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of here! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. As we start the highlights, and oh man, that guy hit a double. Oh man, there's another double. That's how this game started tonight. Back-to-back doubles, just seven pitches into the contest. Christian Yelich and Willie Adamas got the party going early in the first inning, but they were far from done in the first frame against Michael Walker. Michael Con- or William Contreras and Rowdy Telez would end up actually grounding out and popping out. So now the rally's kind of stuck in the water with only one, one, one run in and two outs in the frame. Brian Anderson would follow up with an RBI double with two outs to make it 2-0 Brewers. Luke Voigt would have a broken bat single in the right field to bring home another run. And then Mike Brasso back in the lineup. He continues to deliver for manager Craig Council. And get the piano off your back, Luke Voigt. And a line drive past the diving glove of Machado and into the left field corner. Voigt is around second. They're going to wave him around third. Here comes the relay home, and Voigt will be safe. The throw beat him there, but the slide got under the tag of Campusano, and Luke Voigt is all kinds of fired up as he pops up from the plate and heads into that Brewers dugout. It's 4 to nothing Brewers on an RBI double from Mike Brasso. He kind of did the, the Superman pull open the chest hairs there on his jersey as he got up from sliding into home. 4 nothing in the first inning, jumping all over Michael Walker. How about the second time through the order in the second inning? Hey, wait a minute. That's Christian Yelich. As Yelich gets into one down the right field line, this is up and it is going to fly out of here. Christian Yelich goes deep, and the Brewers add on to that lead. It's 5 to nothing. And he pulled it for that matter. Great stuff from Christian Yelich, his second homer of the year. How about some kudos to Eric Lowry? Face some adversity in this game. Not for a little bit later on, though. We go to the fourth inning. Eric Lauer walks the first two batters, gets Cruz to strike out, then Hassan Kim the batter. 1-0. Kim hits it on the line to second. Right at Owen Miller. Catches it. Flips back to Adamas. Double play. Machado could not get back to the bag. It's a 4-6 twin killing. Huge play for momentum in this game. Brewers hold the 5-0 lead. Then it became the Rowdy Telez game in the top of the fifth inning. 
First pitch to Telez. High drive. Right field. Bye-bye baseball. Rowdy goes deep for the second consecutive night. His fourth home run of the season. And it's six to nothing Brewers. Lane again on the call there, but yet Rowdy, it wasn't even his most impressive homer of the night, let alone the homestand. 1-1, high fly ball, deep right field. Rowdy Telez has done it again. A three-run shot for Rowdy. Telez is fifth of the season, his second of the night. And the Brewers all over the Padres in San Diego. It's 10-1 crew. They would add a couple more RBIs. They win 11-2 on 15 hits. Eric Lauer with his second win and first quality start of the season. That's the highlights. We'll wrap up the show after this. All right, getting ready to say goodnight here. You know, as it's really good morning on Saturday morning at this point. Remember, you can listen to all these in podcast form. You may have noticed the podcast name has changed. Now Brewers All Access here on WTMJ. Don't worry. It's the same great stuff. Some updated colors and some graphics, and you can hear all the Brewers 360 stuff from the morning. You can hear our post-game shows. You can hear the highlights. Don't worry. Nothing has changed. Just a new name. So remember, tell your friends, subscribe to the Brewers All Access feed from your friends here at 620 WTMJ. We're on the air tomorrow at 2 o'clock Central Time. I've got Brewers warm-up. That leads to network coverage at 2.30 for a 3.05 first pitch. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.